Please Leave podcast, home to stories that haunt. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence or explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Then what did she say? Liam asked, and a crinkling sound followed, which was a dead giveaway that he was opening a bag of chips to snack on to try to curb the effects of the drinks we'd had earlier. I turned down the volume on my steering wheel to dull the sound of his drunken crunching. Well, she didn't say yes, but she basically said yes. Dude, just tell me what she said, he near shouted through a muffled mouthful of doomed ruffles. I sighed heavily, still giddy from the interaction, and could feel myself smiling like an idiot. She said that she'd consider going out with me if I come up with a date that no one has ever taken her on. I smiled, even wider, excited by the challenge of impressing the woman I'd been crushing on for over a decade. I'd originally met Penny in college, and while she had always been incredibly kind to me, She was significantly out of my league back then, and so I'd never had the courage to ask her out. We'd reconnected six months ago, and in the years since graduation I discovered working out, and it also sold the company I'd started as a project in undergrad for an embarrassing amount of money. So Penny and I were finally on more even playing field. Paintball! Liam shouted, and I snapped back from my memories of the lovely Penny. Holy shit, dude. And you wonder why you're single? I laughed. I could hear Liam set the chips aside and sit up a bit straighter to defend himself. (laughs) What? Paintball is a great first date. It's athletic, requires strategy, the outfits are cool. Liam, no woman wants to get shot on her first date. I interrupted, and I could practically hear Liam's gears grinding as he realized I was right. (laughs) He huffed his signature self-deprecating laugh. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I guess she was thinking more of a picnic on the bluff or something. Yes, yes, there's hope for you yet, my friend. Liam and I laughed and my heart swelled for my man child of a best friend. He would be the most fun dad someday, but God help the women in his life in the meantime. So, where are you going to take her? Liam asked and resumed his mining of the chip bag. I was thinking about that movie on the water thing, where you rent a boat and they project a movie in the bay. You pack a picnic and some wine, maybe? Bro! Liam's voice swelled with admiration. No woman could resist that shit. I mean, damn, dude. If Penny says no, I'll be your date. That sounds romantic as hell. Liam's sincerity was my favorite thing about him, and I felt damn near blissful as I navigated the back roads home from the party and chatted about my love life with my best friend since high school. You're the best, buddy. (laughs) You're just the best. My smile widened, and I allowed my mind to drift back into a fantasy of Penny and I and her favorite wine on a boat in the bay in a couple of weeks. And then... 
I spotted it. Holy shit, I muttered and leaned forward in my seat to squint at the creature in the distance. What is it? Liam's voice mirrored my concerned tones. You okay, dude? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I slowed down and squinted harder. There's some kind of animal up ahead. Something big. It's probably a deer. Those things are everywhere back there. Just last month, my cousin Jeff hit one coming back from Joker's Wild, and the sucker destroyed his hood. Oh, man. His wife was pissed. Liam continued his story, but I blocked him out as the animal raised its head, and its eyes reflected my headlights back to me as two sinister, shimmering markers of where not to point my car. I'd always wondered if there was a natural need for animals to have reflective eyes, or if it was something that had rapidly evolved in them at the advent of car manufacturing. Are deer's eyes reflective? I interrupted, and Liam answered so quickly and succinctly you would never know he'd had multiple cocktails just hours before. Yeah, man. Most mammals' eyes are. Helps them see better in the dark. Oh, well that explains it. (laughs) I laughed at myself at the dichotomy that was Liam. He was remarkably smart for being such a doofus and had an almost encyclopedic memory, so you could rely on him for all types of random facts and information. Explains what? The goofy tone reappeared in Liam's voice, and I dismissed the question as the animal took a step into the road. Oh, shit, I said and slowed down even more. It's just a deer, dude. Just go slow, you'll be fine. Yeah, you're right. But something looks off about this thing. I leaned towards the dashboard until my chest was pressed against the steering wheel. The animal took a step into the road, and in the illumination of my headlights, it definitely looked like a deer, but it was... bigger. I said out loud and studied its overly long legs and broad chest. What? Liam asked. It's too big, I clarified. The thing looks like a deer, but it's way bigger than any deer I've ever seen. That's weird. Liam had clearly lost interest in my deer encounter, and I imagined he was scrolling his Instagram or looking up the final scores from the night's games. Yeah, I'm a little freaked out. This thing could do some serious damage to my car. I proactively steered a little more to the right to give it a wide berth, even though I was still around 50 feet away. Oh, not the Benz, Liam joked in reference to my beloved car, and I opened my mouth to defend myself but stopped short as the deer started rapidly wiggling one leg in place. Shit. Shit. I felt a strange panic start to rise in my chest. This thing is weirding me out moving one of its legs. Pull over if you need to, Liam instructed. It probably won't charge you. Just sit still for a sec and let it wander off. Dude, I don't mean it it took a step or something. I trailed off as I tried to figure out how to describe what the deer was doing. It's like shimmying or something. Shimmying? (laughs) Liam couldn't help but laugh, and I knew how ridiculous it sounded. 
but I wasn't sure how else to describe what the deer was doing with its leg. Yeah, man, I, I swear to God. I slowly inched closer to confirm that I was seeing what I thought I was seeing. Its right front leg is just wiggling. Just one leg? Liam sounded skeptical, and I didn't blame him. Just one leg. It's just wiggling it in place really fast, like it's going to start tap dancing or kung fu fighting or something. What the fuck? Liam's tone slipped into an unsettling sort of wonder, rimmed with the tiniest tinge of fear. And it was the perfect mirror for the feeling that was starting to bloom in my chest. Can deer get rabies? Oh yeah, Liam confirmed. All mammals can. Sounds like it might be sick. I nodded in agreement, and I'd closed enough of the gap that I was finally able to see the thing clearly enough to make out that it was actually a dog. An enormous dog, with smallish pointy ears and a long, thin snout. I was temporarily stunned by its off-kilter features, and I pulled over to study it more closely. It was looking straight at me with its vacant black eyes, and its right front leg continued to vibrate beneath it. Dude, it's a dog. I realized I hadn't filled Liam in on the discovery. A massive, weird-looking dog, and I'm not kidding when I say this thing is pushing four feet to the shoulder. An oversized, ugly dog with rabies? Liam joked. (laughs) Sounds like you've got a new pet. I don't think my HOA allows rabid deer dogs, I joked back and rolled down my window. Hey, buddy. The dog's ears flattened at the sound of my voice, and it sniffed the air between us. I made the sort of kissing noises that humans make to communicate that we're friendly to animals. You okay, buddy? The dog's leg continued to wobble like it was warming up for a vaudeville number and would be breaking into a full song at any moment. Its ears perked back up, and it took a tentative couple of steps towards my car, but still kept a safe distance. Don't touch it, Liam warmed with a rare urgency. Oh, I I, I won't, don't worry. I reassured, and then kissed at the air some more to see what the dog would do. Should I call someone? I have no idea he would call at this hour, Liam answered. It's almost 3 a.m. Oh, shit. I breathed and felt my morning plan slipping away as I studied the strange dog in the middle of nowhere. I feel bad just leaving it here. I kissed the air a couple more times while I tried to figure out what to do, and the dog raised its head so that it was almost level with mine, and I could have sworn it pulled back its top lip, showed its tiny white teeth, and smiled at me. Ah, God, I shouted and accidentally honked my horn as my arms thrashed in fear and repulsion. What? What? Liam sounded like he was speaking so close to the phone it was starting to distort slightly. Oh, man. I trailed off for a second. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't like this. What? What, what happened? Dude, I swear to God, I, I, I swear it just smiled at me. <laughs> what? 
Liam's voice jumped so many octaves in disbelief that it almost cracked. Are you fucking with me? You're telling me you've got an enormous dog out there that is wiggling and smiling and has a deer's face? Liam, trust me, I know this sounds nuts, but I'm not fucking with you. I don't know what kind of weird overbred dog this is, but I, I think I should get out of here. Liam agreed, and just before I could put my car into gear to pull away, the dog turned on a dime and bolted into the woods with amazing speed. The movement was so sudden and swift, I was too stunned to move for a moment and only snapped out of it when Liam asked what was going on. I, uh, it's gone, I reassured. It ran into the woods. Cool, that's great. It's not your problem anymore. I could hear Liam's voice relax and my heartbeat started to slow in unison. I reached for my gear shift to put it back into drive and just as I slid it into place, I heard a sound coming from the direction that the dog had disappeared. I leaned towards the still open window to hear better while keeping my foot on the brake to avoid rolling forward. The sound was too faint, so I pushed my torso through the window and held my breath while I listened. A couple of seconds later, I could clearly tell that what I was hearing just beyond the tree line was a group of whining and yelping puppies. Damn it! I half shouted and shifted my car back into park. What now? Liam's voice sprung back to attention. Is it back? No, man, I... I sighed a huge sigh. Dude, there are puppies out there. Puppies? I could hear Liam slap his forehead before continuing. There are puppies in the forest? <laughs> no wonder the dog was acting weird. She was trying to get your attention. Why me? I whined and gazed in the direction of the sound for a few beats and then back to the road ahead of me. What am I going to do with, with puppies? Just put them in your bathroom with some water and blankets and sort it out in the morning. I'm never going to get any sleep with a bathroom full of puppies and you know it. I can imagine Liam nodding in agreement and I sighed another massive sigh. I craned my body around to see if I had anything in my car to help with transporting a litter of puppies and their massive mother, and was relieved to see that an unused tarp was wedged between the back seats from when my friends and I had gone camping a couple of weeks before. Okay, I guess I'm doing this, I said mostly to myself, and opened the door. Liam responded, but the reception was weak, and the only word that came through clearly was the word go. My car's speakers glitched, and the word came through again and again as an encouraging loop telling me to go, to move into the woods and to find the puppies and to save them, to go, 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 go. I just needed to go. The word coiled around me, crowded out all the other thoughts, and even as I closed my door to shut it off, it persisted. My best friend of 20 years cheered me on, just like he had my entire life, and my footsteps fell in rhythm with the mantra as I marched across the ravine on the side of the road and entered the tree line that separated me from the distressed family of dogs. I followed the sound through the intense dark of the tree canopy, 
and as the whines and yelps grew louder, so did Liam's chanting, and I headed toward a clearing in the tree straight ahead. I made the kissing sound to try to summon the mother dog, and I could barely hear my own mouth over the chanting and whining, so I continued on. In another five steps, I was at the edge of the clearing, and I spotted the mother dog in the middle, laying on her side on the ground with her enormously long legs splayed in four different directions, and her chest heavy with milk for her babies. I could hear them in front of her, crying in protest at the sound of my footsteps on the dry forest floor. I stretched onto my tiptoes to better see them, and instead of finding a jumble of dusty puppies just beyond the tangle of bushes and vines, there was ten or twelve flopping and pawing versions of me. They all had the same brown hair, my same green eyes, the same forehead scar that I'd gotten in a skiing accident, the same button-up shirt and dark jeans and my grandfather's watch ticking in unison on a dozen of the same wrists. They were all in various stages of dirty and disheveled, but they were all horribly and unmistakably me. I watched as a version of myself let out a weak howl and then pawed at the mother dog to latch for a drink of milk. Another version lined up next to the first and they gently wrestled for the best position on the mother's chest. Two more versions spotted me at the edge of the circle and watched curiously as I studied them in return and another two rolled playfully just outside of my view, panting and barking grotesquely. How many times had I stopped at the edge of this cursed place? Had I ever just kept driving and made it safely back home to my life and my future outside of this circle of trees? Was there a version of this life that concluded as it had started? But what life was that? As I thought back, the memories of a boy becoming a man faded into nothingness. The fragments of that existence vanished as quickly as I could recall them, and soon there was nothing but me and us and Mother. I turned slowly toward Mother and the rest of us on the dusty ground. She craned her long neck toward me and smiled so warmly, calling me sweetly forward to join the nursing, yelping, romping brood. I glanced back briefly towards the road then turned back and surrendered. was written by Courtney Eck and narrated by Nicholas Richardson. Our Patreon is officially live, so for more stories that haunt and a behind-the-scenes look at what we do and why we do it, please join our Patreon at patreon slash pleaseleavepod. Please follow Please Leave on Facebook and Instagram at pleaseleavepod. Our email is pleaseleavepod at gmail.com. 
and our website is pleaseleavepod.com. This has been a Two Penguins Media Production.